Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. It's Alex Youngblood, Joe McCall here. We've got another great podcast coming at you. This is Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. And this is all about how you can take real estate investing and really have it change your life. You can really go from a situation where you don't know how you're going to make it financially. You may be stuck in a nine to five job and you really see no kind of way out of it to have you know, some form of advancement. Uh, we could show you how you can take real estate using some very simple, basic tactics and really skyrocket your income to way over to the situation you're in now. So the main thing is here, we're gonna, we interview people who are in the field, they're making money, they're making things happen, and we bring them in to show you how this is, you can make this your reality. You can make this a, a position to where you're never going to have to worry about your financial future again. We've got a great free tool that we give away. And what is that tool called, Joe? Fast Cash Survival Kit, baby. That's right. The Fast Cash Survival Kit. You can download it. Go to visit our webpage at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Download the Fast Cash Survival Kit. And we give out some great info. And that great info that you can take those principles and apply those right away without spending one cent because it is free, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, and it's really good. We just cover what we're doing today. Even though we recorded those videos a while ago, it's still I'm still doing that same stuff. It's still true. Yeah. Yeah. It's still all stuff that you and I are doing. Uh, you're, you're doing it with the lease options. Uh, and even traditional wholesaling, you're doing a lot more now with. Right. But we've got it on lease options. We've got it on traditional wholesaling. And uh, also how we use virtual assistants to really outsource a lot of different things that are going on. And that's really, really important, you know? I think we're still using the same VAs that we were using when we recorded that too, didn't we? I mean, oh, you, yeah. still have that, you still have that same guy? Oh, yeah. I've got, still got the same guy and I've got another one that I brought on and she's doing really, really well. In fact, I just got a house uh, under contract um, uh, today, I guess I should say, right before this call, in fact, awesome. uh, because she went through all our calls that come into Podio or FreedomSoft or whatever you want to use and called all the hangups that came in. And this happened to be one of them. And I actually met with him yesterday at a Starbucks because he didn't want to talk to me over the phone for whatever reason. Because um, yeah. he says, I don't do business talking over the phone. I said, okay, so where do you want to meet? And turns out he didn't live too far from me. So we met at a Starbucks for like 10 minutes. And he showed me a stack of postcards that he had in his folder. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. okay, that, that's awesome. And, you know, and, and the postcard he showed that was mine. Uh, was one I must have sent a long, long time ago. I'm like, wow, I haven't even sent that postcard in a long time. But anyway, we negotiated, went back and forth on it, and um, turns out it'll be a deal, make close to $10,000 on, and it was just a trip to Starbucks. And Good for you. A, a few minutes. But now there's a little more than that, obviously. It goes into sending out postcards and following up and making sure you make the, the most of every lead that comes in, and 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 that's what really went into it. But uh yeah, well, it's, it's that simple. I want to give a, a quick tip before we get on to Andrew. Sure. 
And <laughs> those of you guys that listen to another podcast, quick tip. Quick tip. Okay. Quick tip. <laughs> listen. <Okay. laughs> I if you those of you listen to the Bigger Pockets podcast, that's you'll laugh. You I know you're laughing right now because you heard me. It's a good podcast. I love those guys. And they they come out with a lot of good content. But I do have a I have my own tip today. Um you were talking about follow-up. I was thinking about that. Um, we, one of the things we just started doing, and I don't know why I've never done this before. I was talking to a friend of mine in Florida, and he's doing this, and it's just brilliant. Okay, how many times do you call a seller, and you get their voicemail, and you just leave a voicemail, and you wait another day, you call them back, or you hope that they call you back? You know, We do that all the time, right? Well, this is what this guy started doing, and he's now having his VA do this, and I'm now doing the same thing. Whenever my VA calls the seller back and leaves a voicemail, he immediately sends a text message and says, hey, is your house still available? Call me, Mark, and then gives a phone number. I would, don't know the numbers yet, but just from preliminary stuff and what my friend is doing in Florida as well, um, he's getting, you know, let's say you leave 10 voicemails, okay? Normally, after a week, you may only talk to one or two or three of those guys eventually, Okay. But just by sending the text message after you leave the voicemail, we're talking to about five to seven people out of the 10 voicemails that we leave. Okay. It's just another way. And I do this all the time. Like I I just sent uh, somebody that we both know, Alex, uh, I sent him a voicemail today and uh, he's he's a super busy guy. So I just sent him a quick text saying, Hey, I left you a voicemail. And I do that all the time to like friends but I've never done that with sellers. And um, I'm already seeing dramatic results from that because the worst thing that can happen is you got this hot lead and you just play phone tag for a week or they never call you back because they talk to another wholesaler. So just send them a simple text message. So here's the quick tip. It's kind of two in one. Send the text message, have your VA send the text message when they leave a voicemail. And number two, how can you get a VA in the Philippines to do that? Well, you could have them do Google Voice, but I also use Vumber a lot, okay? Vumber is a service I use where I get every marketing campaign, I get a new virtual phone number. You can send text messages through Vumber, through your virtual phone numbers online. You can have your VA, if they have an Android phone, which most of them do, you can send text messages through your Vumber. They can do that from their phone. The final thing I'll say to this is, if you have an Android phone as well, there's a program called Mighty Text. If you go to mightytext.net, your VA can log in to your Android account or whatever and send text messages from your phone or from an Android phone from a browser, even though they're in um, in the Philippines. Does that make sense? Did I? Sure. A little, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, check out Vumber and see how you can use it, and uh, also Mighty Text. Um... The main thing is just adding another touch, and that's what it's all about. Right. So Andrew's probably rolling his eyes, thinking, "When are you guys gonna shut up?" <laughs> well, let's get let's get the maestro. Yes. Do you like to still be called the maestro, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter to me, man. You know, people, a lot of people call me that. <laughs> Alex, introduce us to Andrew. How how do you find out about this guy? Well, I actually know about Andrew from the one, the only, the. The man, Preston Ely. <laughs> right on. Um, I knew that um, from back in the day from watching Preston's stuff, uh, Andrew was one of um, Preston's original coaching students. Um, and he featured him in some of his newsletters and emails and things like that. 
And uh, I think he even took part in Preston's coaching program as the main coach for handling um, the wholesale deal side of things. Um, and that's pretty much how I knew of him. Um, we, we've never officially met, but I know he's been doing great things. I know he's been doing deals and obviously been coaching students and they've had a lot of different successes. So this is actually my first time talking to him, but uh, he's, he's definitely uh, somebody out there who's real and is making things happen. Andrew, so you're you're part of the, I want to say the Tampa, Florida wholesaler crowd, but you would think crowd. it's a tough crowd. <laughs> you're you're in you're in big company because there's a lot of wholesalers in that market, right? Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. So how, yeah. I want to ask you before you tell us maybe a little bit of your history, but how on earth can you wholesale deals with so much competition? Um, well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Preston. Uh, my good friend and mentor, uh, he told me, this is one of the things that I remember, and I, I went through his course. By the way, Alex, I was his very first student, uh, ah. and, and, and I'm the one that, that uh, talked him in to taking me on as a student. He wasn't even coaching people back then and had no, uh, you know, no ideas of even pursuing that, uh, that direction. He was just flipping houses and making a ton of money, and I begged and pleaded, and then finally I wrote him a check. Uh, and, huh. uh, and he agreed and you know, the rest is history, but, uh, so you're the one we have to blame. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one thing he taught me, uh, is, you know, never, never worry about the competition. It doesn't matter. Mo- most of the people out there and, and Tampa is a hotbed, uh, for wholesaling, but there, there's just an, a seemingly unlimited amount of distressed properties out there. So, and you got to figure, you know, there's some guys doing, you know, 10 plus flips a month. But even if you're doing one or two flips a month, um, you know, you're still making a six figure income. Uh, you know, the, the, the average uh, profit margin on a, on a wholesale deal here in Tampa is like 10,000. And they you can go much higher than that. My partner and I average between 10 and 20,000 per flip. And, you know, you flip one house a month, $10,000, you're making $120,000 a year, uh, which is, you know, pretty easy to do. So there's just, you know, it's a medium-sized market, but there's, you know, million two, one point two five million people here in Tampa and uh, Hillsborough County. But you also have St. Petersburg and Clearwater, which is Pinellas County, which has another, you know, 500, 750,000 people in it. So, you know, Tampa Bay in general, you're looking at probably two and a half million people um, and, you know, three or three counties or something like that. And, and it's just uh, – there's just enough out there for everybody. So I don't worry about it. Most people that are, that are actually consider themselves investors are, are really not doing many deals. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're mostly tire kickers. That's the way it is. I find it in almost every business. Uh, I was in sales and marketing for years before I got into real estate and, and most of the people are just doing enough to survive. So, um, so I don't worry about it, man. I always tell my students, if, if you see a bandit sign on the corner, uh, that's your competitor. Don't pick it up. Don't touch it. Just stick yours right next to it. And uh, I said, most likely the person that's going to call there is going to call yours too. Just make sure you're the first one to call them back. And uh, usually the first person to call them back gets the deal. So don't worry about it. Just just keep doing what you do and, uh, and you'll be fine. So that's that's what I do. You know, it's really important to think about that too, because I get asked that question all the time. I'm worried about competition. Um, I see so many investors out there, but you got to remember something. Probably 75, 80% of those guys that you see out there aren't doing any deals. And um, you don't be afraid to be the small guy just getting started in this because you may be, most sellers, they say they need three to four touches, whatever, before they respond to a postcard. 
Well, you know, you, you got the guys out there sending 20,000 postcards a month, and you're sending out your 1,000 postcards a month. But you may just be that third or fourth or fifth postcard that that seller receives. And they don't know that you're not that guy. So you're the one who gets the call. And you got to remember, too, why do you think Lowe's and Home Depot, whenever they open a store, they're almost like really always close to each other? These guys they enjoy the shopping aspect right. of it, I guess. They're, you know? they're not afraid of competition. And there's a very specific reason for that is because people, when they want to get some hardware, they're going to go to that one area. And uh, if that Lowe's doesn't have what they want, they're going to go next door to that Home Depot and get what they want, right? So when there's a lot of wholesalers in a market, that's not a bad thing. I mean, if you want to you want to piggyback, the great thing about this business is you can piggyback on other realtor or other investors' success, okay? Um, because if if you if one seller calls another wholesaler and doesn't get what they want or doesn't like that wholesaler. The chances are pretty good they're going to call someone else, and you may be that one that they call, and you're the one who can build the rapport and get the discount that you, that you need to wholesale that deal. Exactly, exactly, and you can also help each other too. Yes, um, you know I have uh, there's there's a wholesaler here locally in Tampa that uh, that I work through. You know he has a, an extraordinarily large buyers. List. He's got a two thousand person buyers list. Uh, I don't. I went the other way. I have a much more smaller, intimate, more personal relationship with my buyers. Um, but you know now I can have the best of both worlds. So I'll, I'll I'll talk to my buyers about a deal, but I also shoot him the deal every time I get one under contract and say blast it out to your buyers, man. I'll I'll kick you a couple grand if you bring me somebody. So you know I get his quantity and my quality, and it, it works out great. So I, I have no uh, problems working with with other wholesalers as long as you know they have some some value to add and and it's worth it for me. That's really good, and and I think too. One of the when, we're going to talk about coaching here in a minute, but one of the things I like to tell my clients that uh, I'm coaching is like one of the first things you need to do is go out and start networking. Find out who the other wholesalers are. Find out who the active buyers are. Find out who the active realtors and property managers are, and just start networking. Call them up. They're not your competition. They're they are people that you can do business with. Because you're going to have a deal that they can't, that you can't sell. Maybe they have a buyer for, and you can partner on a deal, um, and the other way around. But um, it's, you're only shooting yourself in the foot if you have this limited mentality, the scarcity mentality of, um, I, you know, I need to keep all of this to myself. I need to be the only wholesaler in this market. Uh, you're going to make more money when you partner with people or when you start using the network to build your business. Am I right or yep. am I right? Yep, exactly right, man. Exactly right. It's all about who you know, man. Get out there and hustle. Pass out some business cards. Take some cards. Uh, and next thing you know, it's funny. I'll give you a quick story. Is uh, one of my former students, uh, Nick B. in uh, in in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He uh, he's a full time wholesaler now, flipping I don't know five or so properties a month, killing it. And, uh, and, but when he was first getting started, not first getting started, but you know, he had been in six, eight months, something like that. He went to a RIA meeting and, or it was an event, I can't remember, a seminar, something like that. And he was introducing himself, networking, and everybody had heard of him. And, uh, and it was amazing. And, and, there, and he was, he was the go-to guy, the go-to wholesaler in Pittsburgh, and he didn't even know it right. uh, just because he puts himself out there, you know, and, and he talks to people and, and they talk to someone else and that person talks to someone else. And next thing you know, everybody knows his name. 
Um, and, and he was amazed by it. He was like, man, it's, uh, it's made, made him feel really, really good. And, uh, and it really uh, brought to light his, his position within the industry uh, in his city and uh, in his status. It was, uh, was kind of nice. So, man, so get out there and start, start talking to people. And uh, it can only help you. It can't hurt you. Here's an example of what we're talking about. I had a, I got a call from a lead that was about 45 minutes away. And I don't remember what was going on, but I was so busy and I did not want to get in my car and drive 45 minutes to go see this house. So I just called up another wholesaler friend of mine. I said, Hey, I got a hot lead in this area. If you go meet it, if you go meet the seller, get it under contract, would you be willing to split the wholesale fee with me? He said, yeah, no problem. That'd be great. And so, yeah, I don't mind. He's my competition, but you know, I just did not want to go driving. I didn't want to get in my car. I don't remember what was going on, but I just didn't want to do it. And uh, I don't even remember what happened with that deal. But the point is, he was willing to do that. You know, why not? Half of something is better than 100% of nothing. Yep, yep. I know a wholesaler in Tampa uh, who flips about 10 houses a month on zero marketing. Yeah. He's not market at all. Just other wholesalers know that he can he can move property and move it quick. So they just bring him deals all the time. And yeah, he's splitting them. But I mean, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to field any calls. He doesn't have to send out any postcards, put out any bandit signs. He didn't do any of that. And 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 he's making a boatload of money and, and moving a ton of deals. And uh, because he's known as a mover and a shaker, you know, they're just bringing him deals. I had lunch with him a couple weeks ago. I said, "What are you doing to find deals?" He said, "People are just bringing them to me." <laughs> well, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's that's how why that's why it's so important to have a buyer's list, and that's one of the first things any new investor should be doing is building your buyer's list, building your network. Because if you have a buyer's list and you know what they're looking for, what they want, how cool is it that you can send out an email or stand up at your RIA group and say, hey, I've got $2 million burning a hole in my pocket. I'm looking for properties in these five zip codes. They need to be in this price range. They need to be at least three plus bedrooms. Send me your deals. Send me your deals. I've got money. I need to buy. I'm buying properties. So all of a sudden you become known as the guy with the money, with the deep pockets, who has uh, either has the money or and or has the buyers, and you start getting people to bring you deals. Yep, that's when it gets easy. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, Andrew, uh, tell us a little bit about your history. Like, how did you find out about real estate? How did you hear about Preston? How did that connection happen? Yeah, I'm actually childhood friends with, with Preston. Uh, we went to junior high and, and high school together. Uh, we, li- we grew up in the same neighborhood in Tampa, same suburb, and, and uh, we, we became good friends in high school. And then afterward, we just kind of lost touch uh, for 10, <clears throat> 10, I don't know, 12, 14 years, something like that. And, uh, you know, I went to college, and I, uh, I was, you know, toiling around in, in corporate America, just like, I mean, just completely miserable. Um, and somehow, I don't, I don't even, I have no idea, to this day, I have no idea how this happened, but I got an email. I ended up on Preston's buyer's list or something like that, which in those days, you just put everybody on it, even family and friends, all that stuff. And, uh, and, and he was advertising a property. And, um, and, and I remember that uh, like within, within 60 seconds, he, uh, he had a follow-up email that said sold. And, and I was like, Pfft. I was like, wait a minute, I, I got to find out about this, and uh, you know, I was I was making I don't know thirty thirty five thousand dollars, 
sitting in a cubicle. I mean, completely miserable, barely had any money, uh, living paycheck to paycheck, hated what I did, didn't, wasn't passionate about it, didn't believe in what I was selling, uh, all this different stuff. It was a complete nightmare. You know, I used to show up late, take executive lunches, hour and a half, two hour lunches. Cause I was an outside sales rep. They didn't know leave early when I could, um, you know, I had these freedoms and I, and I took, I abused them basically because I couldn't, I, I just wasn't happy doing what I was doing. I was completely miserable, but, um, you know, it was, it was a job, it was a job. And, uh, so anyway, I got that email. I saw, I mean, he flipped a house in under a minute and, and I was like, you know, something, something's got to change. I'm looking for something else to do. I'm not making any money. He just flipped a house. Um, and this is during the boom. Uh, so, you know, I know he made a ton of money on it. So then one day, so I'm thinking about it, you know, how do I get into this business? What do I do? I didn't even know what wholesaling was. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I saw an email one day from him telling everybody that, <clears throat> that he had just gotten his realtor's license. He was a realtor now. And, you know, everybody knows he's been, he's been a wholesaler or a house flipper for several years now, but now he's got his realtor's license. Well, if you guys recall, during that big boom from 2000, 2005 or so, a lot of uh, people in general, not just investors, but investors too, were going and getting their realtor's license because there was so much new construction going on that a builder and a developer would offer a, a, uh, a fee if a realtor uh, sold one of their houses. So all you had to do, if you knew somebody that was buying a, a new house, a new construction house, uh, they had to list your name as their realtor who told them about the deal, and they would cut you a check. Uh, you know, a, a commission check, and they were big. They're like six percent, you know, checks, and and you're looking, you know, houses two hundred grand and up. I mean, you were getting a boatload of money for basically doing absolutely nothing. Um, and what you would do is you would tell your your friend or your family member, hey, put my name down as your realtor. I'll get the check commission check, and I'll split it with you. So it's basically cash back at closing for for those people, and it's just cash in your pocket for yourself. Um, so that's what he was telling, basically he was telling people to do, you know, I've become a realtor now too and all this stuff. And he said at the bottom, long email, gigantic email at the bottom, he says, you'll be seeing my billboards out soon. And the light bulb went (laughs) off and, uh, because I was in sales and marketing, I was in radio sales and, and we used to actively sell against, um, billboards, which is called outdoor marketing. So, so I knew the ins and outs of, of that business. Um, so I could, so I responded back and I said, Hey, good to hear from you. Um, I said, listen, if you're going to be putting out billboards, why don't we get together for lunch? And, uh, you know, I can, I can educate you on, on, you know, what you need to look for. And so you don't get taken. And, um, and, and in turn, you can tell me about what you're doing. Cause I'm interested all this stuff. Okay. We met one day, uh, had lunch together. That's when I got introduced to the term wholesaling and, uh, <clears throat> and, and we talked and, he told me to go buy uh, a couple books. One was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The other one was a book called uh, Real Estate Riches by a guy named Dolph DeRoos. Um, the, the restaurant happened to be right next door to a Borders bookstore back when there used to be Borders bookstores. And uh, he went to his car. I went to Borders. I bought those two books. Uh, I think that was on a Friday. By Monday, I had read both of them completely. And after that, I just started pestering him. You know, teach me what you're doing. I got to learn this stuff. I'm fired up. I read the books. Let's do this. And he was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I don't know. What, what am I training my competition here? You know, what if I spend six months with you and then you don't pursue it? That's a lot of wasted time on my end. So he was kind of poo-pooing the whole idea. But, uh, but I, uh, you know, I was determined, man. So I kept hitting him up. 
So eventually I got to the point where uh, I felt like I was bugging him too much, man. So I, I, I was going to join the Rich Dad coaching program, which if you know now, it's the, the price is astronomical. It's, I don't know what it is, 40 grand plus or something like that. But in those days, it was like 6,500 bucks, which was a big chunk of change for me, man. I didn't have $6,500 in those days, uh, but I did have a credit card. I had good credit and I had a credit card that I could put it on. So my girlfriend, uh, who's now my wife, my girlfriend said, you know, hey, you know, we were living together. She said, I don't mind. You know, you got my blessing if you want to do it and pursue this. But she said, why don't you call Preston first? Tell him what you're about to do. And if he thinks it's a good idea, then then go ahead and do it. And I said, that's a good idea. So I called him up and uh, he asked me how much it costs. It's six thousand five hundred. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, don't do that. He goes, meet me at, at Starbucks tomorrow. Uh, bring your checkbook. We'll work something out. And uh, and I did that. I wrote him a check the next day, and uh, and that was a uh, that was the day I became uh, a wholesaling student. He became a wholesale coach. And what uh, was that check for? What was that check for back then? One thousand dollars. Yep. Yes. So yeah, that's a far cry from what uh, those guys are getting these days. But uh, you know, uh, within six months, though, to to kind of shorten the story a little bit within six months I quit my job cold turkey um, you know and, and I became a full-time wholesaler it was a year program so I was still in his coaching program but in six months I said I had already flipped a couple of houses and uh, and I said I can do this you know and I, and I quit and that was I don't know eight years ago or something like that I've never had a job since I've always uh, been wholesaling or coaching or both um, you know and and writing books or, or promoting products, but something within uh, wholesaling and real estate investing I've been in uh, ever since. So that's how I got started in this business, and, uh, and, and that's my story. That's awesome. A thousand bucks. Very nice. <laughs> uh, Preston's a cool cat. You know, um, a lot of people knock him, and a lot of people uh, criticize him because of his personality, because he's – He's out there. He's, I guess you could say obnoxious, but you know, yeah, he's an eccentric. He's an eccentric for sure. He is. He's one of the smartest guys uh, I know. Um, He's a brilliant marketer and he understands that to stand out, you need to be different. And um, you know, people criticize him for maybe being over the top and, and, and selling uh, things. And, and, and one of the things I wanted to talk with you about Andrew and this is a delicate topic, right? Like, how can you make money doing deals and teaching people how to do deals? Um, people complain all the time where gurus uh, make more money teaching and coaching than they actually do doing deals. Let's talk about the industry of coaching. You know, let's talk about yeah. the industry yeah. of, of teaching and, and selling courses and stuff like that. I, I, for one, and I've said this before on a podcast, I'm grateful for gurus. Right. I am grateful. I thank God for guys like Preston who had the I almost said something that I probably shouldn't say in a podcast, but had the guts to uh, <laughs> to to teach people about real estate. OK, because if it wasn't for these guys um, and if they, everybody just kept it to themselves, I wouldn't have learned about this stuff. I wouldn't have gotten excited about it and there wouldn't have been anybody to teach me to do this thing. So I'm I, for one, am grateful for gurus. Now there's a lot of bad gurus out there. There's a lot of people that are that shouldn't be teaching. 
Um, they don't know anything about real estate, and they're just taking advantage of a lot of people. And I understand that. But don't throw out the baby with the bathwater and say that all gurus are bad or all courses are bad or all coaching is bad. There's good and there's bad out there, right? And um, so I, for one, am grateful for coaches. And one of the things my kind of journey into education was I was flipping a lot of lease options. A lot of people were asking me, how do you do that? What can you teach me how to do that? And I started giving away a ton of free advice because um, I just, I'm a nice guy. And all of a sudden it was affecting my real estate business. It was stressing me out because I was wasting so much time teaching people how to do things that I was doing and they weren't even doing anything with it. They weren't doing what I told them to do. And so it was affecting my own business. It was affecting my personal life. And so I decided I need to start charging people for this. And then I get the negative feedback. They, oh, you shouldn't charge people for that. Why don't you just split deals with them? Or and So I started learning how there's a fine line between coaching and mentoring people and charging people for it. And people will actually value it more when they pay for it, correct? That's exactly right. So yep. I, I came out with my course, and I, I heard Robert Allen say something one time that I thought was really interesting. Whether you agree with him or not, or no matter what you think of him, he made the comment that he's made his millions in real estate. He said, I've made my millions in real estate, but I made my tens of millions teaching people how to do real estate. And I, I like to ask the question, is there anything wrong with that? No. Nothing. There's a perception in this country, maybe in the world, that teachers should not make much money, if any. You know, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you're a grade school teacher or you know a real estate coach, people think you should you should give your you know just teach for free, and and nothing could be more ridiculous. Uh, you know, and and you touched on it a little bit there too, Joe. It's it's value. You know, you have an expertise that there is a a demand for. So you need to – people, the market has to decide what value that is. And, uh, you know, to some people, they'll spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for that information, and, and so be it. I mean, that's, that's – we live in a, in a free market system. Uh, you know, the market determines the price point. If you're, if you're charging, um, you know, a, a price, an exorbitant price – and nobody's joined your coaching program, well, then you've probably overpriced it. So you got to find that, that equilibrium. But um, there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, uh, with monetizing and, and selling uh, your expertise. I mean, that's, that's one of the beautiful things about, about being an expert in, in a certain industry is you can do that. But, um, you know, for me personally, I can't speak for all the, the people, the coaches or whatever. The reason I got into coaching is because I, I literally love to coach. Um, you know, if I could stay on top of the industry without doing deals, um, I probably would forego them altogether and just coach people because I, I, I just get a thrill out of it. I get more uh, joy uh, out of, uh, you know, and happiness out of seeing my students succeed succeed than, than succeeding in my own business. Uh, but it, I just found that that that's not really um, it's not really possible. You know, the market changes, the industry changes, so you got to be out there doing some deals in order to know what's going on, what you know, what kind of marketing efforts are are paying off, which ones aren't, all these different things. So you got to be out there doing deals. So I'm doing deals, um, but I but I love to coach, and that's why I got into it. You know, uh, I think a lot of people get into 
teaching and coaching and, and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, as just an income stream, uh, which is okay too. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not judging anybody for, uh, you know, their business or what they do to each their own. Um, but you know, I've always envisioned myself, both past, present, and future, as a as a teacher and and a coach and a mentor. I I, I see myself uh, working in in that capacity in some business industry or niche for the rest of my life. Um, you know, and 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 I can I can think back at at even when I was working day jobs before I became a real estate investor. I remember when I was when I was selling radio. Um, you know, we had about twelve sales reps uh, for our station. And I wasn't the top, the top sales rep, top biller on the staff, but I wasn't the lowest either. I was somewhere in the middle. And, uh, but every time uh, we would hire a new sales rep, because there, which was all the time because there's constant turnover in that business, my manager would always tap me uh, to train them. And you would think, you know, normal people would think, oh, how come he didn't tap the, the top biller, the guy that's making tons of money and, and, and got tons of clients? Well, the reason is because a lot of times those people that are ultra successful um, – they have a hard time teaching. I mean, you can look at any any number of uh, examples from the sporting world. I mean, why was Magic Johnson a terrible coach? Why is Michael Jordan a terrible GM? I mean, all, all these different things. Great players rarely make great teachers. But but my manager also knew that uh, that I liked doing it. He could tell that I enjoyed it because the the new hires would give him feedback. Hey, you know, Andrew just trained me, showed me how to use this system. Man, it's awesome. He did a great job. So every time we'd hire somebody, Andrew, can, can you mind taking a few hours today and, 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 you know, and coaching them up and training them and stuff like that? And I was like, no problem. I wasn't even getting paid for it, man, and I loved it. So that's just one example of, of you know, me being a teacher in the past. So when I, uh, you know, I got this idea in my head that I, that I should start coaching people up, it really was a no-brainer. Uh, all I had to do was figure out how I was going to juggle my my you know both both businesses and uh that that was that's a whole another conversation that was a learning curve but, Andrew, uh, yeah. don't you think that well, for, i have a couple questions that come to mind like i hear people saying but isn't it wrong to charge people thousands of dollars for coaching when there's all this really good valuable free information online there's some great forums out there you know alex's facebook group there's bigger pockets there's a lot of really good resources out there with good free content, and then there's books that you can buy at Barnes and Noble for fifteen bucks that teach you about real estate. Aren't you just ripping people off by charging them so much money for your coaching? What would you say to that? I would say if if a person didn't feel like they needed it, they would not pay it. Um, and that that's just the the straight thing. I mean, the 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 obvious answer is. It's really it's it's just necessary for most people. It was for me. I'll tell you, if I didn't have my mentor, if I didn't have Preston Ely, uh, I would never would have done this. Not only did he teach me everything you have to know about wholesaling, which is you know tons of marketing, both for sellers and for buyers. Plus, there's contracts and legalities, and you know all kinds of things that that go into flipping a house, negotiating all that stuff. He taught me all that stuff, but. Um, um, you know, he also taught me uh, or, or gave me motivation and inspiration and, uh, you know, taught me mental toughness and all these things, these intangibles that uh, that you can't learn in a book. You know, I mean, it's some days I didn't feel like, uh, you know, putting out 100 banded signs on a, on a Friday night. And I would tell him about that. He'd be like, dude, you got to put your signs tonight. And I'd be like, oh, man, I just uh, I don't feel like I got this to do. I got that to do. And he would apply back. and He's like, dude. You gotta want it. He would give me a talk, you know, and, and next thing I know, I was putting those signs out, you know what I mean? Nice. And 
and uh, and a coach gives you a live person that you can call and talk to or send an email to and say, hey, you know, I, I just I just talked to this seller. They asked me this question. He asked me a question. I didn't know how to answer, so I said I'd have to check with my partner and call you back. And uh, and I said, okay, here's exactly what you need to say to him. Here's why he's asking that. Here's your reply. And and here's the thinking that goes in that. I mean, can you imagine every every question you got from a seller or a buyer or or every every thought that that came to your head, you'd have to jump on YouTube or or you know flip through a book to try and find the answer. I mean, it would be impossible. So you get a live person that's um, that's in the industry that has experience and knowledge and wisdom and expertise. That can give you answers and and help you move as you know as you move along in your in your career. So it's uh, you know what? Listen, there's some people out there that don't need it. I've talked to some people that that say they they've never had any kind of coaching. They're out there flipping houses. A hey, more power to you. Great. Uh, I love that. But but the reality is that I think most people just do. They need it. They either need um, you know, a fire lit under them. They need some motivation. They need some mental toughness. Uh, they need to know which contracts to use. I mean, they just need this stuff. I, I would have been so overwhelmed uh, and so scared, you know, to, to, to jump in this on my own uh, that I never would have done. I would have shrunk back into my comfort zone, which was that job that I hated, and, and that's where I'd probably be today, you know. But but my, my coach helped me through that. He was right. like, hey, you don't have to be scared about doing this. Don't worry about making a mistake. You know, I mean, just learn from it. And let's keep moving on. And, and uh, you know, they're like a partner. They're like an experienced partner. So to me, it was necessary. That's a real good point because I think you need both, right? You need the books. You need those good free resources. But you also need a coach who can help you answer the specific questions that you have. Um, you know, like these forums, that I, I highly recommend them. They're really, really good. But one of the problems might be you put a question on there and you get 10 different answers or you get yeah. one guy that says you can't do that. And another guy says that you can exactly, or yeah. here's, here's one way that you can do it or here's what's works best. And so you, mm-hmm. you kind of get too many. Um, and there's a lot of people on some of these forms, even Alex's Facebook page, Alex, I, I wish you would sometimes kick people off more frequently, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's some people that just are angry all the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. why? You know, why do you have to be so negative and tearing people apart who are just asking simple questions? Uh, because people sometimes feel like, well, I don't, I don't want to get on a rant on that. But I think there, it, coaching is so important. I still have coaches today that I pay to help yep. me and coach me. But what would you say? I mean, isn't there a fine line, Andrew, between like some of the co- coaching companies that charge, you know, twenty five, fifty thousand dollars? For coaching is that like does that cross the line do you think or what do you what's your f- I, I don't i don't think so like again uh, like i said earlier i mean I, I i believe in the free market system and and i think the the market determines the price so if you're charging i mean there's guys out there that charge a hundred thousand dollars for for a coaching program a wholesale coaching program or a real estate investing coaching program and, what is uh, uh but, what does tony robbins charge <laughs> yeah exactly a hundred thousand dollars a minute but, but the point is if people didn't didn't think it was worth it, they wouldn't pay. So you would say, okay, I'm I'm opening up my coaching program to the next hundred people. It's going to be fifty thousand dollars per person. Let's do it, and you market all over the place, and not one person signs up. Well, obviously, you know the market has spoken. So the the people don't believe that 
that what you're offering is worth fifty thousand dollars. So maybe you got to lower it to twenty five. Maybe it's worth five thousand or something like that. You know, but or maybe you're flooded. You get a thousand applications when you're only letting a hundred people in. Well, then you underpriced it. Maybe they viewed it as worth you know uh, you know sixty or seventy or eighty. Some people might say I'd pay a hundred thousand for that coaching program. I'm in. You know, so you'll know pretty quickly. Um, and and you know, that, I think people should make. Listen, I, I, I'm not one of these people that thinks certain groups or certain uh, professions should only make a certain amount of money. I mean, uh, you know, I, I have a good friend of mine is a, is a pastor. He's a young guy. He's a pastor. And he kind of has this um, idea in his head, this, this belief that, you know, pastors shouldn't make a lot of money. Now, as we all know, there are some pastors out there, like on TV, that are multi-multi-millionaires. And, uh, and, and the way I look at it is, listen. Hey, a church is like a business. It really is. I mean, you're operating under on donations, but you're also giving value and you're, you're giving stuff for that too. You're giving a service for that. Um, so I say, you know, if your church, if, if you, if you're the CEO of your company, which is your church and you're making, you know, 250, 500 million dollars a year, uh, based on, on what a CEO brings in or whatever, and you're still operating. I mean, to me, that doesn't bother me one bit. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm not under. I'm not one of these guys that feels like certain certain industries or certain certain professions uh, should be capped. I, I think you, you you if you if you like making money, you should make as much money as you can. Um, and if you don't, then don't. I mean, that I, I think it's your prerogative. But I don't think uh, I don't have any any uh, any negative feelings or any judgments regarding stuff like that. I mean, you know, make make what you want to make. It's we all create our own lives. I think I think you're right. I think you're right about that because, I mean, if if, if somebody's going to charge you a hundred thousand dollars and you make a hundred and twenty thousand dollars by doing what they tell you to do, is it worth it? Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there is a I don't know. That's a tough question to answer. I think I think some people unfortunately are taken advantage of by not very good coaching programs that charge a lot of money. When yeah. you might, because you need to shop around, I guess is my point that I'm trying to say. You need to shop around if you're interested in coaching because you need to find somebody that really does know what they're talking about and really has people that are going to be the ones that you're talking to that know how to do deals. Mm-hmm. You know, try to find somebody local if you can, or try to find somebody that is specializes in the, in the strategies that you want to use. Like I get a lot of people that approach me for coaching because they like to, they like the idea of traveling around the world while they're wholesaling deals. Um, but I'm not the best coach for everybody because if somebody wants to do a bunch of REOs or if somebody wants to rehab properties, I'm not the guy for them. And I'm smart enough, I think, to tell them, look, I'm not the guy that, that, that you need. You need somebody else. Um, so I think a good coach is somebody that knows when to say no. And they... I, I would never charge twenty five, fifty thousand dollars for coaching because I just don't, I just don't feel like for me that would be. I don't think I'm. I don't know. I almost said I don't think I'm worth it. I am worth it, <laughs> but but I just think that might be a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, your pro, your program would have to be worth it. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it, all about value. It's value. Yeah, yeah. it's really relative too. I mean, I mean, really, on- if somebody can make twenty five thousand dollars on one deal and you charge twenty five thousand dollars one time, is it worth it? 
Exactly. Yes. You know. I think yeah, it is. Yep. And and here's the thing you got to think about too, guys, is you know when you charge, the more money you charge, the higher quality of students great you're going to get. You know, I, when I was first starting out, I used to charge a little bit because I was kind of like you, Joe. I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm just kind of doing this coaching thing, getting started. I didn't, I didn't really know how good I'd be or, or really, you know, I didn't have a total, a, a whole program structure going yet. So I was kind of feeling my way. And I was, you know, taking uh, monthly payments, a couple hundred bucks a month. Hey, pay me 200 bucks, 250 bucks a month, and, uh, and, and, and I'll coach you. And, you know, almost anybody can afford that. And what what happened was is is yeah, I had I had a bunch of people paying me monthly, but nobody was doing deals because they didn't have um, one. They didn't have really the, the the mental and emotional toughness that uh, that they needed. Most people didn't. Um, but but two is they didn't have like the um, yeah, they could afford me and pay me monthly, but they couldn't afford you know a thousand bucks a month to invest into their business, to send out mailers and bandit signs and all these different things they needed to, uh, to get, get the phone ringing. So, um, you know, you have to find out, you know, who's going to be successful in my business. Most people, most of the people are already going to be at least fairly successful in what they're doing already. Um, you know, so that's, that's why if a guy, if somebody can afford to, to either put 25 grand, write you a check for 25 grand or put it on a, a credit card, they have that kind of space, that kind of credit. Um, then, then you know that they're already most likely uh, very successful in what they're doing, and and they're probably gonna gonna crush it. So that's another advantage. You get a higher quality of uh, of business person of individual coming into your program that's probably gonna be successful. That's right. And and I hope it's okay to to talk about coaching for a little while here because I think it's a real important topic that needs to be discussed. And um, you know, a lot, a lot of people listening to this want to be coaches. Um, they've done a few deals. They, they see it as a additional income stream. And I totally agree with you. The only reason I love to teach and coach is because I love to do it mm-hmm. and it does pay very well. Would I still be coaching people if it didn't pay well? Probably not, mm-hmm. but uh, it does pay very well. And you know, I, I, to be transparent, my income is about 50, 50 when it comes to doing deals and coaching, mm-hmm. but I'd still be okay if my deal, if my income was 25% deals and 75% coaching or something. Yeah. Yeah. So so talk a little bit about Andrew. Um, Somebody wants to be a coach. They want to start coaching students. What are some of the prerequisites? So what are some of the requirements that you would tell them to, to to have? The the main thing is uh, I think you have to be, um, you have to have the desire to be a teacher. Uh, you have to you have to have a, a strong desire to grow talent. Uh, that's the most important thing, and you have to be able to convey that information in a way that people can can take it in and comprehend it and apply it. So, so that's to me that those are the main two things: is you have you have to have a, a desire to coach, and, and you have to be able to communicate the information in a way that people can understand it and apply it. So that, that's really, I, as I see, the only two. Uh, prerequisites that you need. Other stuff are just like uh, just semantics. You know, creating your program. Um, you know, you could use the contracts from your own business. That's what I do. I give my my students all my contracts. Um, you know, all all that kind of stuff is just kind of details the curriculum within the program. But you'll know that because you're already doing stuff in your own business. So you know, you just take you just basically you know create the curriculum out of your own business. 
But you know, I think I think a lot of people in this business uh, go into coaching uh, who don't have a desire or the ability, the innate ability to communicate the information. Um, and, and and that to me, that's an issue. And you'll see that a lot with with uh, coaching programs where they where they outsource it. You know, yeah, so they'll they'll sell you into the program, and then they'll they'll you know they'll outsource your coaching. The coaching will be someone else besides the guy. Um, again, I'm I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, um, but but a lot of times that has to do with the fact that you know the coach sees an opportunity to add a uh, sees a market out there for coaching, sees an opportunity to add another income stream uh, to him to his business, and and creates a program. Now that doesn't mean that the, the coaching program is not valuable. Um, you know, I know some of these big, big coaching pro. I know Than Merrill personally. I mean, he, he's got fortune builders, a gigantic coaching program. Uh, he charged a lot of money, but, um, but it, from what I understand, uh, you know, my good friend Pete used to, uh, used to do the three day seminars and stand on stage and, and sell that coaching program. And Pete tells me it's, it's a great, it's a great program, you know? So, um, so I'm not saying that that you know those programs you can't be successful in those, um, and and to me Than Merrill is a teacher. You know I, I I've sat around and, and heard him talk before. He he is a teacher, um, but but anyway you know a, a lot of guys will will, will sell you in. Uh, they have no desire. They they really don't care if you if you succeed or not because they have you know a thousand others just like you, and some of them are going to be successful. And, uh, so, so those are the guys you got to steer clear of. So like you said earlier, Joe, you know, do, do your research, um, you know, compare all the facts, go with your gut, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but I think if you're actually going to be hands-on coaching people, you have to have a desire to be a teacher. Uh, you have to be able to communicate the, uh, the information effectively so they can be successful. That, that's about it for me. I think you're right on. Um, and not everybody is called out to be a coach. Um, I think though you have to have obviously some experience. You have to have a proficient experience. I mean, I think if you've just wholesaled a couple deals, you're probably not qualified yet to be a coach, right? Yeah. Or if you've just read a few books, but I think it's important to tell people, okay, what are some of the things you need? To, if you're looking for a coach, what are some of the things that you need to look for? You know, you need to interview the coach, right? So what are the, some of the things that that coach must have. I think number one, they got to have experience, right? Yep. Obviously that goes without saying. Number two, I think they really have to have that desire and that passion to see you succeed. And so how do you figure that out? I don't know the answer to that yet, but um, they, they really, you, you get that feeling of, you know what, this guy really wants me to succeed. He's going to be willing to put in the time to answer my questions. He doesn't see me as competition if we're in the same market. Um, so I think it's important to see, do they have that passion? Can they teach and do they have the experience? And, um, there's a ton of people out there who want to learn the business. You're absolutely right. People will pay for value and your time is, is worth charging for. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's really important. Alex, I know, talk to us a little bit, Alex, you, you get asked all the time to coach. But sure. You're a little more reluctant to do it. Why? Why is that? Well, see, that could be a little bit on my time, my side of the fence too, because uh, it, like Andrew was talking about, it comes down to managing both sides of the business. Um, right now, I've got a really good setup where I'm doing a lot of different new construction or rehabs and wholesaling all at the same time. So my my rehab side and new construction is 
as close to autopilot as you can get it. Um, and my wholesaling side, I still, you know, I, I, I even uh, have a, I guess, part-time acquisitions person to where they'll actually go out to the house um, and meet with sellers and things like that. And that's been working well with them getting houses under contract and, you know, and our profit splits are, are, are profitable for me. But I still like to get out there and go to houses too every now and then and, and talk to people and, and do the whole negotiation and, and, uh, and meeting the seller just so I stay sharp as well. Um, so in the past, you know, I, I was just kind of bogged down a lot with, my, with the other side of the business and it felt like I, I did have a pretty full-on coaching program going on for you know, I, one year I did it and um, you know, made quite a bit at it, but it just took up a lot of my time. So it felt like once I was done with the real estate thing, then I was doing the coaching and I was like, well, you know, my time in the coaching, could it make my real estate investing that much better if I all focused my energy in that one spot? So, you know, it all comes down to management and making sure expectations are managed on both sides of the fence and also that you've got both businesses um, in a spot where you could do that and not take away from one from the other or just, you know, if you were all in just one, would it be that much better? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think... I should add to this too, this to this discussion. Coaching is a great way to partner with students on deals. Absolutely. So you can still coach and do deals at the same time. And this is something that I've been doing more of lately, and I'm actually really excited about it because um, these are these coaching students are becoming my boots on the ground. And I'm they're paying me to teach them. They're doing the marketing, and we're partnering on deals. And uh, they're they're getting real world experience, and it's great. We're both making money. And, but you're and, being pretty picky too, though, about who you're working oh, with. Yeah. You're right. not just taking somebody from ground zero, although you do that. But right now, you're looking for somebody that's already in the business, that's already got all of those things in place. You're not saying, "Here's right. somebody that's brand new and is like, okay, where do I do?" <laughs> These people already have things going on and systems in place, right? Right. And and that leads me to my next question, Andrew, because you you take people who are brand new, you take people that are more experienced. Um, what's your kind? How, what kind of plan do you lay out for your coaching students? Like, what do you have them do first? What are the most important things you have them focus on? Um, well, it kind of depends, but you know, um, you know, here's what I used to do is. Uh, well, I kind of run them through a little uh, a questionnaire. Well, I, you know, I'm kind of struggling with this because my my program has evolved over time. So, like when the market was down, um, I had them before even looking for a deal or doing any marketing or anything like that. Uh, we would go out and just find the buyers, you know, because the buying pool had had shrunk so much that there weren't that many. There were a million, you know, bank owned properties out there, but not that many cash buyers. So that was the first thing to do. Hey, don't look for a deal. Don't send me any lead sheets. Uh, we're going to go out there, you know, put out 50 bandit signs advertising a fake property. That's an incredible deal. Get the phone ringing, start, start talking to people, find, you know, get some buyers going, find out what they want, where, you know, what they're, how they buy their criteria, all that stuff. Um, but now, you know, the market's hotter. 
or fairly hot, at least in my market, um, but pretty much across the country. So now I, I flipped it a little bit. So now we're going after deals first, um, going after buy, building buyers through actual deals. But but really, uh, when, before we even get into anything real estate, um, we really – I run them through uh, a little bit of some, some mental toughness stuff. So I want to make sure that, that their, their head is where it needs to be in order to be successful, and if not – then I need to help them get there, you know, because if they have, um, you know, kind of like a um, what I call a, a lack mentality, one of those kind of things where they're um, always focusing on the lack instead of, you know, the possibilities and, and, and all these different things. Um, if they have certain beliefs that, you know, about money or people with money that I feel will, will hinder their success, like on my questionnaire, the first, the first question, the first statement is, um, you know, money is the root of all evil. If they put a 10 next to that, mean, that means they 100% believe that, that's a big problem, you know, because they're not going to make dime one, they're not going to flip one house as long as they believe money is the root of all evil. Um, so, you know, it's, I run them through a questionnaire and, and, and we do some talking and, and discuss kind of where they're at, their views, um, you know, about, about things involving money. And, and people with money and stuff like that. How, how do you hold somebody with money? Do you, do you hold them in a positive light? Or do you think rich people are, uh, you know, greedy, unethical people? You know, th- those are the kind of things I want to know about them. And, and if they have those beliefs in there, then I got to work to undo those uh, before we even get into real estate because I don't even want to get into real estate if they have these, uh, you know, these hindering beliefs or thoughts going on. Uh, so, you know, I'm a big believer in the power of your thoughts and your emotions. Um, so it's hard to go try and make a lot of money when you have uh, a negative view or, or belief about money. So, so I'm going to run you through a battery of of different things, tests and questionnaires. Uh, and we're going to talk about it, make sure, put some, put some things into place. Even if they're in a good place, still going to put some things into place. Hey, you know, here's positive affirmations daily, and, uh, you know, certain things you want to make sure, I, w- I want to make sure that they're, um, you know, on the road to being a, a complete person, that they're positive when they wake up in the morning, that they're ready to get after this and, and all the things that are necessary in order to be successful, not only in real estate, but, but in anything you do. So, so that's really the first thing we do, do a little house cleaning, um, you know, and, and then we, then we get into the mental toughness stuff. Um, and then we, we get into, uh, into marketing. So we, I give them, let's put together a marketing plan based on your budget. Uh, we'll put it on the street. We're going to test it, and then we're going to tweak it as needed, put it back out the next month. And, uh, you know, and that's how we do it. We just roll. It's really um, on-the-job training. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't tell them, hey, read this book or do this or do that. You know, it's, it's let's put a marketing plan together. Let's get it out there. Start feeling some calls because that's really, I feel, uh, the, the biggest teacher is your experience. So I can sit here and tell you what to do, but until you actually go through it and experience it all, you're not really going to learn. Um, so, so they really have to apply some of the information. So I say, here, here's what you need to do. Let's do it, and uh, and don't worry about making mistakes. You know, mistakes to me are just opportunities to uh, just to grow and, and to learn and, and, and to advance. So, uh, you know, don't worry about it. Let's just let's just do it. Every time that you send me a lead sheet and I reply back with, with information about the lead and next steps and insight, that's going to uh, – your development is just going to go through the roof just from that. So let's get some lead sheets coming in and then we'll go from there. So that's really it, man. How's Interesting. Cleaning? Yeah. 
you, I, I find it interesting too that with the change in the market, you don't stress as much about finding buyers first. That is key. I mean, there's a ton of buyers are easy to find right now. the The trickier part maybe is getting the deals. So you're having them focus on marketing for sellers pretty quickly. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right so up. then, um, talk about this lead sheet. I'm curious to know what you do with that. So. Do you just have your students send you a lead sheet every time they get a lead or after they talk or what? Yeah, they have to speak to the seller prior. Um, okay. And, and, and they have to have the lead sheet in front of them. Mine's on an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, it includes uh, a whole ton of questions that if, if it's complete, it has to be a complete lead sheet too. So, um, so they have to speak to the seller in person. They have to get the lead sheet completed completely. And and some half the lead sheet is just stuff they have to ask the seller, and some of it, a good the other half or a good portion of it, is things that they have to determine on their own. They have to pull comps and determine the ARV. They need to find out, you know, what are the the property taxes, when the last sale, what's the tax assessed value, you know, stuff like that they can do on their own. And um, and then at the bottom of my lead sheet. I have um, a max offer calculator. It's built in. You know, you just put in the ARV. Um, you can you can tweak the percentage of ARV that you want to uh, purchase at, and and um, you put in repairs and how much money you want to make, and it, it does everything else. So it it'll calculate closing costs and holding costs, and uh, if you put in the rent, it'll it'll calculate the rental numbers like the cap rate and the cash on cash rate of return stuff like that for you, and uh, and they send that all to me, email it to me. And I'll open it up. I'll I'll you know I'll I'll go through it, and then uh, you know there's there's some things that'll jump out to me, and uh, and I'll I'll confirm their ARV. I'll run some comps myself, and I'll say, oh, I think you're pretty good with this, or you know comps say it's it's not worth that much. Here's why. All this different stuff, and then I reply back, okay, make the offer. Here here's how you're gonna make it, uh, because there's a whole science behind that too, and um, and and. You know, either you're going to send it or you're going to call them back and, and negotiate over the phone. Or I might say, you know what, this is not right for us. Uh, here's what you need to do. You need to outsource it to, um, you know, loss mitigator, outsource it to a realtor. Uh, here are the reasons why. And uh, and then let's move on. We'll move on to the next one. So, um, you know, that, I love that's how really, that yeah. I love how you're doing that. You're, you're you're focusing on taking action. OK, you're not focused on teaching them a hundred different ways to find deals. You're saying, all right, send out the postcard, send out the letter, do the bandit signs, get the phone to ring, ask these questions, and then send that lead sheet to me and let's talk about the deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Exactly. You're not talking about the um well, I know you're talking a little bit about the mental game, but um you're you're getting them focused on making offers. And I think that for anybody else listening to this is a sign of a good coach. Is the coach focusing you on is, are they pushing you, pushing you, pushing you to make offers? Okay. You, you should, I'm probably sure you give this to your students as well. Andrew goals, like, okay, every day you're supposed to, you need to talk to 10 sellers a day. You need to make at least five offers a day or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, you don't make any money if you don't make any offers. Yep. That's <laughs> so. true. And actually I use, um, that uh, that part that you talk about in, in your system, Joe, that that uh, leads in an hour where you talk about breaking your 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 yeah. business down into numbers. Um, I, I do something almost exactly like that with my students. We we monetize the business. We break it down into numbers into math. Um, you know, we start out with 
how much money do you want to make? And, and you know, how many contracts is that going to take? How many, how many deals, how many closed deals is that going to take? Um, you know, how many leads is that going to take? And based off of those numbers, then we say, okay, let's put together a, a marketing uh, plan that's going to achieve these numbers. And then when we evaluate it at the end of the month or whatever, you know, did we hit these numbers? You know, did you make the kind of money you wanted to make? No. Okay, well, how many leads did you get in? Well, I got in 20 leads. Well, you're supposed to get in 105 leads. You know, that's what, mm-hmm. what, what happened. Did you not do what I, you know, what I told you to do? Did you do it and maybe it just fell flat? You know, that's, that happens sometimes. You've got to figure that out. But, uh, but that's it. You know, wholesaling is a numbers game. So you need, you need the numbers. Most of the deals that, that, that we look at are just not going to fit what we do. So you need a lot of leads, man. You've got you to do a lot of marketing, field a lot of leads, and, uh, and make a lot of offers just to get a few deals. But, you know, if you get a few deals, that, that can turn into a lot of money real quick. That's really good. You know, everybody listening to this, um, we're, we're getting to the end here. I want to let you know that I'm going to add that in as a special bonus. If you go to our show notes uh, for this podcast, you'll see a link on there for that spreadsheet that Andrew's talking about. Um, it's in a, it's, it's a real simple spreadsheet, but it, it breaks down your income goals down into actionable steps. You, breaking your idea, your goals of making 10 grand a month into actual steps like, okay, every day I need to do this. Every week I need to do this. Those are goals that you can control. And I think what, what Andrew's talking about is so key because that's what a good coach does. They're going to give you those action that things. It makes it much more tangible than just, oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to make this much. Well, okay. <laughs> exactly. How? How are you going to do that? You know. Good, good, good. Well, Andrew, we're getting towards the end here. Um, Alex, did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask? No, no questions in particular. Good podcast. Andrew, the, uh, any final thoughts you want to say? And can you talk about, you know, if people want to get a hold of you and learn more information about you and your coaching, we didn't interview you just so people listening to this, cause I can, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm too negative nilly. What's the word <laughs> negative, but I, I can hear people. I can hear people complaining saying, Oh, you're just interviewing Andrew. So, um, he, he can promote his coaching program, but that's not why we asked him here. No, this Andrew, is about coaching in general. Yes. So, but I still, Andrew, I want to give you the opportunity. Uh, where's the website that people can find out about you um, and get more information about you and your coaching? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's real simple. It's wholesalecoaching.com. Uh, that's it. So you can. There's a lot of information on there that you can kind of read about, and uh, and then there's a, you can apply right there. You can make your own uh, uh, appointment on using my online calendar. Um, for your for your interview, set it all up right there on the internet and uh, wholesalecoaching.com. But uh, but yeah, I mean this uh, I'm not here to uh, promote my coaching program either. I have you know I only, I only coach ten people at a time, guys, and and I have I probably do over sixty interviews every single month, you know, and and for only one or two openings every single month. So uh, you know I have more people that that want to be in my program than I can actually coach. I mean, I technically I could coach more. I just choose not to. I've coached a lot more in the past and I've even had some uh coaches outsource their program to me for coaching also, but it's just uh it's just, you know, I, I really value my time. I value time with my with my family. I have my own wholesaling business um going to so I've found that that coaching ten uh very aggressive um people at, at one time is the perfect balance for me, and that's what I do. So I, so I don't have very many openings, uh, but if I do have an opening and, and, and you want to jump in my group and, and be a part of what I consider to be 
um, a very select group of elite wholesalers from around the country, then I'd love to get on the phone and talk to you. So, um, so that's it, wholesalecoaching.com. And Alex is looking for coaching students in Virginia Beach right in his backyard. Right, Alex? Right in my backyard, all local. I'll give you all my secrets. <laughs> Alex has something. He gets all sensitive when I talk about competition. and No, I don't get sensitive about yeah, that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're just kidding. But uh, Okay, cool, man. Thank you, Andrew, so much, guys. Um, wholesalecoaching.com. Andrew's one of the good guys. And um, he's been in the business a long time. Um, also, you can go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to get the show notes. And I'm going to have a little bonus in there. I'm going to have that spreadsheet with a little video explaining it that Andrew was just talking about, where um, it shows you, like, okay, if you want to make 10 grand a month, just looking at like three different types of marketing, what do you kind of need to do using general averages? What do you need to do every day, every week, every month to hit those goals, to hit those targets? Um, cool, man. Well, thanks again, Andrew. Thanks guys. I really appreciate it. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye.